0: to the Lazy Geeks podcast, a weekly podcast that brings you new stories from the past week that may have slipped under your radar. While it's important, and without all that clickbait clutter, I'm your host, Stephen Vargas, and I am here sweltering, well, not really sweltering too much in LA. Um, actually, if you're just a little north of LA and like Santa Clarita and stuff like that, it's fucking hot, but it's been pretty hot over here. Um, uh, we had some humidity, which yesterday made it actually kind of okay because it was a breeze blowing the clouds. So it was actually really nice. I actually was able to open the windows cause I don't have, you know, central heating and air in my place. So it's, it's hot. And my dogs have been like hating life, gave them a bath to kind of cool them off, but they dried within like five minutes. And my big boy banner, who's a, uh, Cocker Spaniel, he's just been hating life, um, I created this little like central vortex in my hallway, which leads into my bathroom. So I have a fan in my bathroom facing into the hallway. I have one in the hallway, and then I have two fans in my living room, which kind of blow into this hallway. So there's a little vortex. So he ha- he places like the bottom half of his body on the enolium floor in the bathroom, and then the other half, his head on in the hallway on the uh, wood floor, so it gets air hitting his face. Um, but I bought him uh, one of those little cooling mats because we have we had one and the other one we had was so old there was nothing it was just a pad at that point so i tossed that but i got him another pool pad cool pad so i put it in the bathroom on this f- on the the floor to kind of help cuz he's been panting pretty bad and um you know i give him cool treats i spray him with some water i dip his paws in some cool water cuz they say that you know that's where they sweat and stuff and that's where they get the, um hot so right now he has his butt on the cool pad so he's like oh, my nads are cool. That's cool. I'm good with that. Um, and his face is near the fans. So it is funny because he's so used to those fans that if the fans aren't on for whatever reason, um, he'll look at me like, bro, like what, what the fuck is going on here? Like one of these things ain't working. You need to fix that. So, you know, unless I want a bad review on Yelp, you know, I better, I better get on that shit and fix it. So, uh, but he's he's gotten he it's cooled down a little bit, and it got cool enough last night that he actually slept for most of the night because he usually sleeps for a little bit. You know how you you are when you sleep you kind of sleep until you sweat, then you get up and you're like ugh. And he kind of rooms around trying to find a cool spot, but you know there's no cool air coming in. I have window fans that come in at night, but he doesn't like sitting right in front of it. You know, but uh, but he seems to be getting a little more rest. So that's good. I'm always, I'm always glad with that. Um, so anyway, it's hot as balls out here. Um, it's been humid only one day this past week since we last spoke, I think it got to hundred degrees. It didn't get over hundred degrees, which was good, but it got to hundred degrees. But the two other days, that hundred degree day was the hottest day. It was oppressive, but it was actually better than the two days surrounding it because it was muggy. And it was only like 95 degrees, so it sucked balls. Um, but like I said, yesterday was a little muggy, which was Saturday. I'm recording this on Sunday. But the there were clouds blowing, moving through. So there was a breeze moving the clouds. So it actually made it really kind of, actually kind of nice. So away from the sun, like facing, you know, the sun's on the back end of my house. So the front end of my house, I was opening the windows to allow air to come in. And at night, it actually dropped to like... 70 degrees by nine o'clock. Usually, it's been about 80 at nine. So, now talk to Adam. Adam got a big thunderstorm yesterday, but he lives in Arizona, so that shit, you know, happens all the time. But, uh, yeah, so it's been hot. It's been hot over here. Been seeing on the news that it's, uh, it's getting wet on the East Coast and it's dry as shit over here. So, you know. But, uh, you know, it, this is usually. Like people will sit there and complain like it's summer it's supposed to be that way. No, this kind of hot doesn't happen until August here. Like this is happening late June, early July. Like it's gotten here early. So um, you know, but you know, climate change is just a myth, right guys? Um, just a myth. There's no there's no evidence showing it. So, you know, uh, <laughs> anyway, a couple of little announcements before we get into the episode today. Uh, the Gen Xer podcast. Uh, I have um the first the trailer up. You can go ahead and check it out. I'm still waiting for it to get approved on Apple Podcasts, but it is available on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, Amazon, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, um, so. It's it's there on those so um, and if you if you really want to you can listen to the minute show the minute thirty trailer that I have on thelazygeeks.com so uh, yeah so I'm giving it an extra week till we get at least on Apple on iTunes I'm not sure why it's taken so long to get approved Uh, it normally takes like two days and it's already approved so I'm not exactly sure what the hell's going on there Um, but yeah hopefully by the beginning of the week but it was a holiday week so. You know, maybe they you know, maybe it was one of those that somebody was supposed to do at home, but somebody you know, or somebody was supposed to do in the office but they're still at home because they're, you know, bitching and moaning about coming back to work. So who knows? It may have gotten lost at that shuffle, but iTunes better get the fuck on it, is all I'm saying. Um, and then for The Truly Pointless Podcast and The Away Team. We go next Sunday, we start recording new episodes for those shows. Uh, They still won't be released until August, but we're we're trying to give ourselves at least a two-week, you know, uh, buffer, so in case something comes up and we have to take a week off, we can do that, and then, you know, recoup later on, and plus with the holidays coming later, we'll probably have some episodes for there. So, yeah, so that's what we got going on those Um, so now with all of that, let's dip into the news. One of the biggest problems when dealing with newer phones is battery life. Certain apps require a lot of resource power, which drains the battery. Not only that, it will slow down performance on your device. So what happens when your device manufacturer decides what to slow down? You know, in the name of performance. In a recent investigation, OnePlus throttled apps significantly just so the device can cool down. Now, it's not just a couple. It's been tested over 300 popular apps. The investigation was conducted by Andrea Frumus, I'm butchering this name, but Frumusanu of 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 Anantech, uh, what they found was on the OnePlus 9 dramatically throttled Chrome and other popular apps at the time Chrome was apparently limited to the Cortex A55 cores only ignoring most of the phone's computing horsepower which is pre- um, which is present in the bigger A78 and X1 cores quote We have detected that OnePlus is blacklisting popular applications away from its fastest cores, causing slowdown in typical workloads such as web browsing. Uh, They wrote, we have confirmed that A, benchmarks, or B, unknown apps get full performances. Most of the top popular non-benchmark apps get notably reduced performances. This is perhaps to improve battery life at the expense of performance, but it does mean that the regular benchmark results are somewhat useless for user experience, end quote. So, you think when someone like this comes, something like this comes out, OnePlus would try to do some damage control. Well, it actually kind of just rolled with it. Quote, Our top priority is always delivering a great user experience with our products based in part on acting quickly on important user feedback, the company gave in the official statement to XDA developers. Following the launch of the A1 uh, Plus 9 and 9 Pro in March, some users told us that some areas where we could improve the device's battery life and heat management... As a result of this feedback, our R&D team has been working over the past few months to optimize the device's performance when using 300 of the most popular apps, including Chrome, by matching the app's processor requirements with the most appropriate power. This has helped to improve the smooth experience while reducing power consumption. While this may impact the device's performance in some benchmark apps, our focus as always is to do what we can do what we can to improve the performance of the device for our users. What makes this issue a real problem is that the reviews of the devices are lies. OnePlus throttles apps, fine. The problem is is they did this after an update after the device was reviewed and re- was reviewed and released in the test they found Google Chrome browser was throttled by 85 to 75% lower than what they should have been now if you own a OnePlus and you think it's running like slow sh- like hot shit right now it's not your imagination users should be allowed to make these adjustments on their own like you can in other devices in their settings i personally considered such a device but I'll, i won't get one now i i suggest you don't either now one of the big problems is, is that they that they then in their statement they noted that uh, what we can do um, that our focus is always to do what we can do to improve the performance of the device for our users, not the user experience for the device. So they're putting the device ahead of the user. So I think that's that's kind of shitty, and uh, and uh, you probably if you have if you're looking to get one I would suggest not because. When you read the reviews online, because most times you only go by reading the reviews or what other people have, you know, um, I actually considered getting one of those when I was trying to decide what to do after I was getting out of my, uh, my Samsung Galaxy, I was actually looking for either an iPhone or uh, a Pixel. And I went with the I decided I looked at the Pixel, but then I was seeing that, you know, OnePlus was a good device. And I read the reviews. And now I'm actually glad I had actually went with the Pixel. So Yeah. All right. Well, it seems that every time you turn around, you have a new exploit. This was one of those oops revelations. The latest vulnerability, dubbed Print Nightmare, was found in Microsoft Windows Printer Spool. The exploit was found last week after security researchers accidentally published proof-of-concept exploit code. Microsoft had issued out-of-band security updates to address the flaw. And has rated it as critical, as attackers can remotely execute code with system-level privileges privileges on affected machines. What makes this kind of heavy is that the printer spooler, uh, the print spooler service runs by default, not taking any chances. Microsoft has issued a patch for nearly every version; it's um, still in use, even operating systems that have that they claim to no longer support. I'm looking at you, Windows 7. This should be, um, this should give everyone a good idea just how huge this deal is. Now, Microsoft has had an issue, has issued patches for Windows Server 2019, Windows Server 2012 RT, uh, Windows Server 2008, Windows 8.1, Windows RT 8.1, and a variety of supported versions of Windows 10. The company has taken the unusual step of issuing patches for Windows 7, which officially went out of support last year. Microsoft has not yet issued patches for Windows Server 2012, uh, Windows Server 2016, and Windows version uh, Windows 10 version 1607. Though Microsoft says computer, um, security updates for these versions of Windows will be released soon, so it took Microsoft a couple of days to issue an alert about a zero-day affecting all supported versions of Windows. The print nightmare vulnerability allows attackers to use remote code execution bad actors could potentially install programs modify data and create new accounts with full admin rights we recommend that you install these updates immediately says microsoft the security updates released on or after july 6 contains protections for cve 2021 1675 and the additional remote code execution exploit for the winter windows print spooler service known as print nightmare documented in cve 2021 21- 2021 2021- 34527 So um unlike digital uh western digital Microsoft obviously is taking care of this and taking care of it quickly which is always a good sign. I'm I'm always happy when you know they do it but you know these fucking researchers published it oops fucking idiots. So Recent changes to the Audacity privacy policy has led some users to calling the auto-editing app spyware. The open source information is now collecting user data for app analytics and improving our app. Oh, and as well as for legal enforcement, whatever the hell that means. The privacy, app, um, the privacy policy was updated on July 2nd following Muse Group's acquisition of Audacity in April. Muse Group also owns Ultimate Guitar and the app MuseScore. As reported by FossPost, the policy notes Muse Group is collecting details about user's operating system version, processor, country based on IP address, crash reports, non-fatal error codes, and messages. And according to the policy, processing that data is in the legitimate interest of the company to offer and ensure the proper functioning of the app. Makes sense, right? Well, the data it collects on law enforcement grounds is a bit more vague. The policy says Muse Group will capture data necessary for law enforcement, litigation, and authorities' requests, if any. It may share personal data with any competent law enforcement body, regulatory, government agency, court, or other third party where we believe disclosure is necessary. It's the competent law enforcement that cracks me up. Data may also be shared with potential buyers too. Users' personal data is stored on servers in the European Economic Area, the EEA. However, Muse Group is occasionally required to share your personal data with our main office in Russia and our external counsel in the US. Now, the policy states users' IP addresses are stored in an identifiable way for a day before they're hashed. That leaves users open to identification through law enforcement or government data requests. Several other points in the um, privacy policy have raised some eyebrows. One is asking under 13s not to use Audacity that, as Floss Post notes, may violate the license under which Audacity is distributed. The general public license prohibits restriction on software use. All is not lost for Audacity users who value their privacy and preteens who tinker with audio in the app. Some users have been calling for a fork in the software, a new version of the app based on the source code. It wouldn't be surprising to see the community take Audacity in that direction. You will probably see calls for people to abandon audacity. The major issue is that there's no good alternative that is free. On a personal level, I've come to the realization that my information has been shared more than a joint at a dorm party. Uh, that is the fact for that is fact for free or paid. Your information is always being shared. I think once you you acknowledge that it, it it's kind of that's you know, you're kind of done at that point. And lastly, I love this story. So masked white supremacists who marched outside Philadelphia City Hall over the 4th of July weekend ran away when pedestrians confronted them using smoke bombs to obscure their retreat, authorities said Monday. About 200 members of the group Patriot Front descended on the city's downtown Saturday night chanting, Reclaim America, and saying the presidential election had been stolen. Philadelphia police spokesperson Tanya Little said. Video published by NBC Philadelphia shows dozens of people in khaki pants, blue shirts, and white masks carrying U.S. flags and shields. In the video, people following the group can be heard yelling at the marchers and taunting them. At one point, one of the onlookers pushed a member of the group. Police officer Michael Crum told WPVI-TV that Patriot Front members felt threatened... They felt threatened, guys. Oh, my God, they felt threatened and literally ran away from the people of Philadelphia. As they did, Little said they threw what appeared to um, appeared to smoke bombs to cover their retreat as they fled. The group did not respond to requests for comment. Little said that there was no arrest, injuries or report of damage. The Anti-Defamation League which monitors hate groups, describe Patriot Front as a white supremacist group who, quote, maintains that their ancestors conquered America and bequeathed it solely to them, end quote. It is um, in its manifesto, the group calls for white uh, ethnostate, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which also tracks hate groups. Patriot Front was established after the deadly Unite Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017. The Center said. So the people of Philadelphia said, Fuck you, to the white supremacist and ran and they felt threatened, guys. I hope they found their little safe place, you know, their little their little haven where they could get together and you know and feel safe, you know, their little safe zones because you know they always ridicule people for oh, I hope you want to get into your safe zone. I hope they got into their safe zone, guys. I really do. Fuck these guys. Um fuck white supremacist. I hate these assholes. And it's and kudos to the people of Philadelphia telling them to go fuck themselves. Good job there. And the fact that they chased him out didn't resort into violence, didn't resort into them beating the shit out of each other, because as much as the next person, I enjoy seeing white supremacists getting their ass handed to them, but I think this is actually cooler. You chase them out, and then they throw fucking smoke bombs to cover their escape. Like, what the fuck do they think they are, Batman? Oh, man, that shit's crazy. All right, so... um. This week's future topic, as I take a drink here, is about conservative social media. And the fuck is wrong with these people? Not the people that use it. Not the people that, you know, go on there and, you know, go, oh, America, we're losing America to the to the people that have, you know, different pigment in their skin or whatever. Um, this is the people that develop these social media accounts. Um so instead of kind of, you know, rehashing, I'm actually going to go ahead and read this article from The Verge. This is actually a really good article this week on, on The Verge uh, by um, Casey Newton. And um, the, the link's going to be in the show notes so you can read the, the thing. Uh, conservative social me- networks keep making the same mistake. So I'm going to read this and then add my bullet points to it at the end or maybe even during some of it. So one question I've wondered, this is the writer. One question I've wondered a lot over the past few years is whether the rise of a large-scale conservative social network, a Fox News of Facebook, is inevitable. Last year, during the rise of Parler, we finally had a good task case. Here was an app backed by the Mercer family who previously championed Breitbart News, Donald Trump, and Cambridge Analytica, among other conservative causes. It was promoted relentlessly by top conservative media personalities, including Sean Hannity and Mark Levin. And it arrived amid a contentious election in which mainstream platforms responsible responsible uh, content moderation, labeling and removing misinformation, promoting reliable information about how to vote, was castigated by many conservatives' as outrageous censorship and or interference in the democratic process. Then came the January 6th uh, Capitol attack, Parler had been rife with calls for violence leading up to and during the insurrection and in keeping with the platform's free speech ethos. Most of most have been allowed to stand. Apple responded by removing it from the App Store. Google later followed. By May, Parler had fired its CEO, shored up its content moderation process, and returned to App Stores. But... As Sarah Fisher reported in Axios last week, the thrill appeared to be gone. According to data from Censor Tower, Parler downloads went from 517,000 in December to 11,000 in June. It's part of an overall decline in the popularity of alt platforms and in conservative media generally, since former President Donald Trump left office. At the height of the election fever, Parler indeed had a moment, but the moment seems to have passed. Now, the weathering of Parlor is not dissuaded other conservatives in attempting to build something similar. On Thursday, Politico reported that former members of Trump's team uh, were behind Getter, uh, an app whose stated position, uh, stated mission is, quote, fighting cancel culture, promoting common sense, defending free speech, challenging the social media monopolies and creating a true marketplace of ideas, end quote. Now, when they say this is me talking, now the, the their whole you know marketplace of ideas is not challenging ideas. It's creating a an echo chamber for the right. It's the right echo chamber, um, and also you know there you when you when you have a mission statement, it needs to be smaller. It needs it can't be all of that because it's like you're just we're fighting this and promoting this and defending free speech as long as it's speech that we like. Because if you actually went on Parler that said that they claim the same thing a true marketplace of ideas but if you had anything liberal you got banned so it's not really a marketplace of ideas so this is more or less what parlor set out to do like parlor getter is also essentially a t- twitter clone but getter by virtue is not having uh, been f- of not having been used to help coordinate a violent insurrection against the government it started with a clean slate now the slate remained clean for a few minutes which quickly became apparent that despite the involvement of former Trump spokesman Jason Miller, Trump himself had no intention of actually joining Getter. Meanwhile, multiple hashtags with racist and anti-Semitic slurs hit the app's trending section, according to Recode, and multiple reports of uh, found uh, a por- uh, torrent of porn it's actually Sonic the Hedgehog porn, if you're really that interested. And I'm not even bothered looking at it because that's just that's just creepy. With the Daily and then the Daily Beast reported that the whole thing had been funded by a fugitive Chinese billionaire. Then getter source code was found out in the open. Then Salon reported that a bug allowed hackers to easily download the personal information of anyone who had created an account. On the site basically it was all the information you needed to create the account is what came to it so names um, email addresses all that shit which is why you have a burner email never give out one that's always your email but if you're going to these sites you deserve it now keep in mind this is the, that the, the downloading of personal information is the same thing that happened to parlor before it got banned uh, you may have seen reports early on I think we even touched on it that someone went in there and was able to download all the information, all people's information, usernames, and um, uh, whatever Parler calls, which, you know, basically tweets all their posts and stuff like that, and, you know, published it online. So, you know, people will be like, oh, I never used Parler. Oh, well, actually, you kind of did. Here's this. So it's all going so badly that you almost wonder if the app's founders intended it this way. My site, um, now this is the article writer, their side channel uh, co-host, Ryan Broderick, writes in, at Garbage Day. I'm also beginning to wonder if all these apps are their own grifts in a way. Loudly launch a site no one will ever use, claim its free speech sanctuary for Republicans, do the rounds on all the right-wing news outlets, and wait for it to fill up with the worst people on earth, refuse to moderate it, wait for Apple to ban it from the App Store, and then go back to the right-wing news outlets... And screech about liberal cancel culture impacting your ability to share uh, hentai with white nationalist flat earthers or whatever. Now, when I read this paragraph, I assumed Ryan was exaggerating to make a point. Given the extremely predictable turmoil that emerged from Getter's uh, content policies, though I wonder if there's something to this, a false flag network, social network set up only to watch it burn to the ground. To be honest, I'm kind of siding with that kind of point of view because everybody that's in Trump's sphere is about grifting. Everybody's all about making that quick butt or um, it's it's the same thing with the conservatives that throw these issues like Ron DeSantis and his social media. Um, banned. It's like we throw it out there. It's not going to pass because it's going to be considered unconstitutional. Because who determines, you know, who should be sued or whatnot? And the same thing with some of um, with some of these voting right acts. They're going to be targeted. They're going to go to court and they're going to be declared unconstitutional. Why? Because then those conservatives have a rallying cry. Because no conservative will ever not join up when you hear they're censoring hate speech they're censoring anti-semitism they're censoring uh violence against liberals that's free speech and that's the thing that conservatives have kind of gone they they've they've taken off the mask and they said like oh yeah you know we're for free speech but we want you know so you know these civil war statues You know, are part of our heritage. No, they're not. They're not part of our heritage. They're part of a secessionist group. Oh, these things define racism. Oh, no, that's part of our heritage. So basically they're saying they're acknowledging that all of this stuff is what they are. And then you have, and then, you know, but oh, God forbid. Oh, but we got to go out, you know, they're about, they're up with cancel culture and they want to get rid of all of us. Oh, but we should go ahead and take anybody who supports Biden and have them out and shot, which some Republicans have been saying. And I mean, even uh, fucking Marjorie Taylor Greene is now saying anybody that, you know, true Americans are the people that don't support, you know, removing these statues and, And that are fighting up against this stuff. They're true Americans, which sounds like an insurrection to me. So, but let's say the whole thing isn't a put on. What should you take away from the getter debacle and the parlor debacle before that? Lots of questions on social networks are hard. It is, this one isn't. If you create a place where people upload text and images, you have to moderate it and moderate it aggressively. You have to draw lines. You have to move those lines as social, as society evolves and you and the, and your adversaries adjust. You have to accept difficult trade-offs between users' well-beings and their right to express themselves. Because just because you're, you feel like you should be able to express an opinion, not everybody's opinion needs to be expressed. That's it. It's that clean, liberal or conservative, just because you think, oh, I have the right to tell, you know, everybody to rise up against the government. No, you don't. And you can save that for your blog. Nobody else needs to hear that. Those are the people that used to be in the underground. Those are the ones that weren't on social media. But social media said, you know, their whole thing was, oh, we want to bring people together. We're bringing the wrong type of people together. We're actually creating this echo chamber that unless you have my viewpoint you should die and that is where things are going bad just because you can say a certain thing doesn't mean you should so apps like parlor and getter offer their conservative users an attractive mirage a free speech paradise where they could say things they couldn't say elsewhere it never seems to occur to anyone that such a move would only select for the worst social media customers on earth quickly turning the founders' dreams to ashes. In a sane world, next-generation conservatives' founders would accept as a given that they would have to police their apps for racism, dangerous misinformation, and other harms. In return, they could use their editorial discretion to promote their favorite culture wars, rig the uh, trending topics as they wish, and possibly even attract enough advertisers to make the whole thing financially viable. Uh, to be sure, active content moderation is necessary but not sufficient. Conditions for running a viable platform, even if Parler and Getter have scrubbed themselves entirely of coup talks and sonic porn, enthusiasm to them may have waned for any number of reasons. But when you consider the why these apps failed as quickly as they did. Lacks content moderation is surely among the biggest reasons. Most uh, people will only spend so long in a virtual space in which they are surrounded by the worst of humanity. If Parler or Getter will be remembered at all, it'll be because they created networks for conservatives that not even conservatives would stand it. My take, my my biggest thing on this one is that the problem with conservative-only social media is... Who are you going to fight with? That's all these trolls do, conservative or liberal. You know, they're, it's trolls. And the problem is, is when you have these conservative things that claim to be about free speech, that claim to be about sharing of ideas. No, they're not. They're, they're worse off than, say, Twitter and Facebook and all of them, who actually let a lot get away. The problem that most of these people have is because they don't understand how fucking algorithms work. Algo- like Twitter algorithms with twitter is it gives you different shit to allow to engage you to go like oh well what's this oh they have this oh you know the problem with conservative uh social media as that it's the same echo chamber it's what they it's the fox news the breitbart the you know the 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 the, the pod, those guys that have the, the conservative podcast, and I know some of them, but their name just escaped me, the Sean Hannity's and all of that, all they want to hear is the same thing. The problem is, is when you hear everything that you agree with, you're going to write a comment and then that's going to be it. And then if you have somebody that challenges that comment, they're immediately banned. That's not a sharing of ideas, nor is that any way to get people to, you know, go back and forth. The reason... Trump worked well on Twitter, and Trump knows this. That's why he doesn't go to these right echo chambers. That's why he doesn't go to all of these, is because he can't troll. So if he goes there, all he'll say is, oh, you know, these guys are trying to get me. It's just rallying his supporters, but he can't challenge the left, because the left isn't going there, you know? And and you have lurkers, and lurkers aren't going to go ahead and going to say anything, because that's how they kind of stay where they are they they kind of stay hidden so the whole Trump thing the reason why he's going there is because one he knows it's not going to be a thing but two he knows that if he joins most of his people will go there and some people will go there to lurk but they'll get banned so Twitter was the best thing because everybody had Twitter or everybody has Twitter that's why he's so pissy about it and if he joins something else you know he's not going to have the same following that he had before you know and uh, I mean look even um Mike Lindell started his own Frank uh, social media service, which we covered that debacle of a launch. That's not available in in an app store. You have to go, you have to go to the website and throw in your phone number, a verifiable phone number, and then you can get access to the app. But it's not available in the app store, so he doesn't have to do this. And have you heard anything about it since that debacle of a launch? No, you haven't. So that's that's part of the problem. I've actually kind of thought about getting a um, a prepaid burner phone, um, just a burner number that I can use to get into some of these. So then I don't you know get it thrashed with my phone. Um, just because it's just it's just amazing that these what these people think. So that's kind of where we're at on that. And I don't social the you know to, to the thing, the big thing with social media, particularly conservative media, is the idea that. Why do they care? They know this shit's going to... It's probably not going to succeed. And they try to lure Trump on there. So, if Trump's not going, they know that, you know, nothing's going to... There is no financial viability for this. So, what they're going to do is they're going to crowdsource. They're going to get people to fund it. Get all this money in there. Throw up a website and then just kind of let it go to hell after that. Because all they are is just about getting money. That's all these people are. Particularly anybody in Trump's orbit. Um, So i i there's a there's a lot to it i i think the the article kind of simplified conservatives not being in there but i think there's 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 a lot to a a particular echo chamber i mean there used to be a complete liberal like people say like oh the m s n b c and c n n they're all liberal they're really not i mean they're a little more left leaning but they're more they're entertainment shows they're about Oh, Trump did this for the 80th time in the in the in the world. So why is it? Why is he doing that? Why? Why are they doing this? People, the, the right are still not vaccinated. You know, they're why aren't they doing it? It's it's misinformation. It's it's people are hesitant. No, by this particular point, most people that have not gotten the, the vaccine won't get it. I mean, you can hear everybody say, "Well, no, it's not really." Yeah, it's those are apologists. Those are people that are trying to believe that there's some good in humanity. You know that oh well, this person didn't have time to get uh, to get vaccinated. You know, they work all the time, and you know they do all this. You know, and it's like going, "You work seven days a week." I mean, really, you work seven days a week? You can't spend. You can't make an appointment at your. You know, fucking. uh You know. You can't make a fucking appointment at a Rite Aid or a Walgreens where you can go, okay, I need to take a half hour of my time. That's what I did. I made an appointment at Walgreens for my thing, went over there, filled out the quick piece of paper, was in and out in less than a half hour um, because you got to wait 10 minutes to see if your reaction and then left. So it's like you can't do that during the day. You can't say, like, hey, I need to take extra time on there. It's particularly if you're running your own fucking business, you can take an hour. I mean, this whole bullshit of like, oh, well, I work so much. You know, it's like you work, y- you know, they're oh, they take, you know, they take appointments up until like nine o'clock. You know, it's like, really, you work a uh, 24 hour day, seven days a week. Come the fuck on. So I'm, I'm really against this whole. Oh, well, people are still it's like people, you know, are, are the misinformation. There is a group of people, his, you know, people of color that distrust this stuff. And I get that. I get that, you know, but the people within their communities need to start telling people, fuck this, you need to get this shit, because we're seeing stuff that that new Delta variant, 99% of the people that get hospitalized are unvaccinated. What the fuck? Who would have thought that, right? So... You know, that's that's where we are at this point. I I think this apologist kind of thing of like, oh, well, it's misinformation that they get. It's misinformation. But at this particular point, we are, what, seven, eight months into the vaccines and then people hearing people still saying, you know, like, well, I kind of want to wait and see how this turns out. I get that. I did that. What, in January when they started? I think it was, was January or February when they started actually, uh, administering, you know, you can go and get the the shots and stuff like that. I didn't get my shot till April. And because I was like, okay, well, let's kind of wait and see what's going on. Plus, they didn't do a very good job of telling me that it was free because you say like, oh, well, they could charge an administration fee, you know, if you have insurance. But it's just like, no, it's it's free, you know, and and that that's really what needed to kind of be said to me is like, oh, no, you can get this. It's free. Just go regardless of whether you have or don't have insurance. You know, if you have it, bring the information. If you don't, you still get it. And uh, Walgreens actually put that at the very bottom. So it was kind of like hidden a little bit. And so and then they had this thing like you need to bring a valid ID. And then in the very, very bottom, it was like, but if you don't have an ID, we're not going to turn you away. It's like you should have that shit should be up big saying like, hey, don't have an ID. Still need the vaccine. Don't fucking care. Hey, get over here. You know, it's free. You're not paying shit. So I, I think in 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 a lot of that instance, you know, um, I think I think that kind of shit needs to be out there a little more because there could be people like oh, I don't have insurance. How am I gonna get it? It's free. You're gonna you, you get vaccinated. That's how it works. That's why the government paid for it. it paid for it to give it out. Um, so yeah, but um, but you know, all the people that are now are like, well, I'm not sure. I'm kind of seeing how it works out. It's been six, it's been five fucking months, you know. I've had it. I've been vaccinated, fully vaccinated for, um, when was it? Over a month now? Yeah, cause it was out of the 19th. And then after that, it was like, cause I got, yeah, vaccinated before I was fully vaccinated by the time Adam got here. And that was around the end of May. So June, yeah, over a month and a half now, I've been fully vaccinated. Had no, all I had was a sore arm. I got the sore arm more the second time than I did the first one. Um, but I haven't had any side effects. I've been fine. Adam got his second shot and I he got the Moderna. I got the Pfizer and, you know, he's been fine. He was fully vaccinated. Like the third day he was out here, he, he made that window. So, you know, <laughs> any, any bullshit excuse, those are people that are are trying to say like, well, I don't want to come off as like a conservative that people are going to say, oh, you're a conservative, so I'm just going to say, I'm going to wait it out. No, you've already made up your fucking mind. You've already made up your fucking mind. So if you do this and you get sick, I have no sympathy for you. I mean, that's just how it is. And people will say that you're mean or something like that or, well, I thought you're supposed to be religious, you know, you know, you're supposed to be a Christian. It's like, yeah, well, a lot of people that are Christians are supposed to also say like, well, God will protect me. But then at the same time, you know the Bible also says that, you know, God puts things out there for you to take. You know, that's why we have doctors. And if you see some of the biggest people, you know, you'll see all those, you know, big political religious people that are say like, oh, I'm not taking that vaccine because I have faith in God and blah, blah, blah. But if you see the, the regular, the, the regular, you know, uh, evangelicals, they're like, I go to the doctor. I go to the doctor. The may, doctor may have a point, but I'm going to believe in God, but I'm still going to get the treatment because that's what it's there for, you know. So that's the kind of bullshit that needs to that needs to really kind of stop. We need to stop you know, stop doing that shit, you know. My brother passed away of of skin cancer. You know, that ate through his skin and went into his went into his brain. And you know, he had health insurance. He just didn't want to go. He just didn't want to get it checked out because he was afraid of what was going to happen. And my sister will sit there and say like, why didn't you go to the doctor? He could have got it taken care of. Oh, but they prayed about it. They prayed about it, but it was like, yeah, but the doctor was there. The doctor could have done something. So there's this, there's this hypocrisy in, oh, well, I believe God's going to take care of it. I don't need to go to the doctor. It's like, yeah, you do. Because that's what the doctors are for. The doctor could give you, could give you something, you know, and cure you could also be, you know, God's help, but in a lot of instances we and 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 I particularly heard this today that if you do something, you know, it doesn't mean you should be lazy. You know, we always hear thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers particularly from the right in in something like that. Not do something, but we're going to just think about it and we're going to pray about it. But you need to do something about it. You know, waiting. You know, if you're sitting here at home, twenty four seven, not doing anything, wondering why you're not getting a job and not applying anywhere, and but I pray about it, but I'm not getting a job. It's like you kind of have to go out there and look for it. That's how life works. That's how it's supposed to work. You know, uh, there's there's a, there's a there's a phrase in regards to uh, prayers without works. I think is it, it's meaningless. So what we need to do is it's like, well, I want to be protected from that. Hey, but they have this here. So I'll go get the vaccine, you know, and and with God's help, I won't, you know, it, I won't get sick. Because if you get the vaccine, you know, they say, oh, well, people that are, you know, it's, it's a vaccine, but you can still get it. I know it's like the flu virus. It's what I don't understand is people getting this whole concept that is it's like the flu shot. People get the flu shot like there's no like candy. It's like, yeah, you get the flu shot. What happens if you get sick? It's a less, it's a less severe. You can, you can get the sniffles. You, it's over in a couple of days and you're gone. You're back to work as opposed to getting sick and then taking weeks to do it. This is the same fucking thing. And I don't understand why people don't get this. There was a news story and the media helps pro- propagate this. I see in the news, this guy in, uh, out here in LA, he got vaccinated. His 18 year old son got vaccinated, but I guess him and his wife they they share their kids are on opposite ends of the spectrum about this. So you can kind of see where that's going, but his two kids are one's 12 and one's eight or something like that. So they're unable to get vaccinated. Um But what does he do? He allows his kids to go out, you know, and associate with some, you know, with, you know, other kids that aren't vaccinated and they, they get COVID and then he gets COVID and he's completely like sh- utterly shocked. That he got COVID, and um, in the article on CBS on Twitter, I posted. Well, there's two things wrong with this story. One, he, the guy's an idiot, because you know he's like, "Oh, I got the vaccine." It's like, no, the vaccine. If you actually listen to people, the vaccine doesn't mean you don't get COVID. It means you just get something like a cold. Couple, you know, you you get a little you get a little sneeze. You feel a little down for a day, then you're back at it, and you're 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 good again. And two, if he was really that concerned, he shouldn't have had his kids hanging out maskless with other kids and not making sure if they're vaccinated or not. You know, he's a fucking moron. But the news propagates this and says like, oh, well, he, you know, saying this without giving it context. And that's a bigger thing. And I I think that's a, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about when I do my The Gen Xer podcast is the media giving news without context, without journalists doing their jobs and actually going, well, you know, don't you know this? Well, I know that now. It's like, yeah, but this is how it is. And giving context for the people watching because they just assume, okay, here's the news, but I'm not going to give you context. I'm not going to give you um, counters to any of this, the facts about it, unless it's about Trump and the stealing the election. Aside from that, I'm not going to really tell you anything of anything else. All right. Well, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> All right. So lastly, douchebag of the week. My douchebag of the week is Republican Senator from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, and this article comes from Variety. Now, although Taylor Swift isn't probably, is not probably not inclined to take any advice from Marsha Blackburn, the Republican Senator from Tennessee that she force, forcefully campaigned against in the last election, Blackburn is offering the singer some, uh, some, anyway, watch out because the Marxists who want to take over America will be coming for you first. In an interview with the conservative outlet Breitbart, what a shock, Blackburn warned the leftist totalitarianism she believes in is an imminent threat to American freedom, saying that Swift will be banned altogether from public life if the country takes a leftward tilt, and all but suggesting that she would be headed for the gulag if progressives' trending goes unchecked. Taylor Swift came after me in 2018 in the 20, my 2018 campaign but Taylor Swift would be the first victim of that Mark uh, Blackburn said as her interviewer nodded because when you look at marxism socialist societies they do not allow women to dress or sing or to be on stage or to entertain or any type of music she would have they don't allow protect protection of private intellectual property rights. Blackburn also warned her supporters that Blackburn's music is uh, that Blackburn also warned her supporters that country music is already under subversive attack from within, gen- saying the genre is in danger of becoming too woke. "When you talk about country music," said Blackburn, "I know the left is all out now and trying to change country music and make it woke. When I am talking to my friends who are musicians and entertainers, I say if we have a socialistic government, if we have Marxists, you're going to be the first ones to, that um, who will cut off, who will be cut off, because the state will have to approve your music. Uh, three days ago, Blackburn subtweeted uh, tw- tw- uh, Swift on Twitter, referencing her songs "All Too Well," as she praised conservative singer Aaron Lewis, the stained front uh, frontman turned belligerent country solo artist for putting out an anti-liberal song. The Breitbart article Blackburn tweeted out noted that Lewis's song, Am I the Only One, had nudged ahead of Swift's new collaboration with Big Red Machine in the iTunes singles chart. Aaron Lewis's song has resonated with the American people all too well. Uh, Reading the shifty, swifty, baiting tweet, Lewis's song includes the lines like, am I the only one who's quit singing along every time they play a Springsteen song? Uh, Blackburn may still be a f- uh, famous across America for her feud with Swift first as the avid challenger of a tainted 2020 election results uh, only secondarily. Swift broke her political science in 2018 to come out against Blackburn's campaign. Her voting record in Congress app- appalls and terrifies me these are not my Tennessee values, the singer wrote one t- um, wrote at the time. Later in 2021, Miss Americana documentary, Swift was portrayed as discussing just how forcibly to come out against a woman who is now her home state senator, calling cohorts. She gets to be the first female senator of Tennessee, and she's a Trump and she's Trump in a wig. She represents no female interests. Uh so here's my, my thing with this. Blackburn says that they will come, that Marxists, that that's what the left is labeled as Marxists, that they will come after her because they don't allow women to dress, sing, or be on stage or entertain or any type or the type of music she would have. That's the conservatives. If the conservatives don't like what you say, they ban you. This is the this is, the, organiza- this is the, the party that sits there and complains about cancel culture, but is very well indoctrinated into cancel culture. What happened when the Tixie Chicks came out? You know, and this is what's funny is before Twitter and before social media and before all of that, before we had these bans that, you know, liberals like to do with like, oh, we should stop going to this because this person said something conservative. It's like, you know what? Calm the fuck down. Just because somebody leans conservative doesn't make him a Trumper. Now, if they come out and say, like, be like Scott Bale or, or um, uh, John Voight or uh, the loser from Hercules, uh, Kevin Sorbo, then that's, that's another thing. But they are the first ones, when the Dixie Chicks came out and said that they were embarrassed that George W. Bush was their president— the right was the first the country fans were the first ones to go ahead and cancel her and let's be honest Taylor Swift isn't country anymore I mean she has country country you know country um, influences but she's not country anymore she's more folk now than anything and pop so you know the Marxists aren't coming after her you know And that kind of thing is kind of like, okay, but this is also the same The she belongs to the same group of people that if, oh, if you believe in anything other than just marriage to a man and woman, you know, gone. If you believe that Biden is your president, you should be executed, which is what some of their some of the right have said. Um, Oh, well, we you know, we can't talk about whiteness in America as, as you know, and 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 how. African-Americans and Mexicans and Indians were treated by the white man can't talk about that because that isn't who we are that isn't America but if you if you're a lefty oh the Marxists that you support are gonna are gonna be the first ones to ban you shut up no they're not and you know the funny thing is is that they're using Marxists because they've used Karl Marx they've used communism that's what they've that they've done the problem with that is that Marxist is actually community run. The Marxist, the Karl Marx's belief was more community run. What happened is, is then Stalin got involved and actually, and if you read anything, you know, kind of kicked Marx out of it. And what happened is he turned it into a totalitarian. So that's what happens. And the problem is, is that the conservatives like to go ahead and throw these words around because most of their base doesn't read and you can be offended by that but you never are you 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 never read history because anytime history is written in a way that's more honest you don't believe it it's left it's leaning that way but the problem is is when you research something this was one of the things I used to do with the fine line is that the truth you're searching for may not be the truth you're looking for and that goes for the left too so You know, her going after Taylor Swift is, one, she's pop, get the fuck over it. You just want to go ahead and try to start this. She's just trying to start this to make her seem relevant. And the problem is, as a a Republican senator from Tennessee, is about as irrelevant as you can get. So, you know, I guarantee you in a few years, Taylor Swift's still going to be around, and we're going to be like, who's that old fucking lady? What? Yeah. So... That's it. That's my TED Talk for this week. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. If we want to ditch the ads and be independent, then we can only do that with your support. And if you'd like to donate to make this podcast and all the other shows, even the upcoming shows on the Lazy Geeks, get Lazy Geeks Network self-sustaining, you can go to the lazygeeks.com and click on the donate button. And if you can't help us out monetarily, share the show with your buddies. Rate the show on iTunes. This will give us bigger exposure. All of this helps. Trust me. Now, you can check out all the other shows on the Lazy Geeks Network. uh, There's the Truly Pointless podcast, which is Adam and mine's uh, stream of consciousness, our evolution of what this podcast was, and our Star Trek Center podcast, The Away Team. Uh, All our back episodes are available now everywhere you got this show. And if you want to be part of the show, hit me up in the comments, questions. You got ideas for future episodes. Go ahead and hit me up on social media Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under at the lazy geeks, all one word, by the way, or email us, thegeeks at the lazy So that is it for us this week. Uh, until next time, I'm Stephen Vargas, and we're thinking so you don't have to.